So, Callum. Yes. What is a beholder's favourite food? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream. That's <laughs> garbage. Garbage. Kapluf. Kapluf. Greetings. Hello. Oh, welcome, adventuring folk and mercenaries and bounty hunters alike. Welcome to Inverus. The finest tavern in the land where you can sit by the fire and and regale in great tales of battle and adventures and dungeons and perchance dragons. Of course, you can't listen to stories like this without a drink in hand. This is true. And the special on the house tonight is Plum Wine, which I can't even remember the name of. Um. <laughs> For the uninitiated, this is in Bruce, our little podcast on our little corner of the internet. Every week we talk about a new topic, and every week we drink a new drink. Um, this week's topic, as you may have guessed, is D&D stories, or I guess just tabletop role-playing game stories that we have. Yes. Uh, and we are drinking plum wine. Um, it does smell delicious. Uh, yes. I am drinking this out of my, my cute little sake set that I got for... I can't blame my, you. I just have a, a regular old wine glass. I took a lot of photos of the bottle though, because it's really cute. It's, it's adorable. Yeah. So um, uh, I um, will post. I'll post all photos on the website at kabluf.com slash inverus, where you can also um support us for just a pound a month, pound a month, and you get random extra stuff. Usually it's nonsense, but I think if you listen to this podcast, you're genuinely a fan of nonsense because that's really all we do here. It it is it's true garbage. You definitely get your money's worth with um with the special features uh, on the website. Um, so we'll be uploading some stuff there very shortly. To those who have already subscribed, um, thank you. Um, I hope you're enjoying um all the extra stuffs, um, the stuff and things. Yes. For more information on the drink, um, because I I realised that we've just given a generic. Oh, it's plum wine. It's um, umenishiki, umenishiki umeshu plum wine from. I think we got it from the Japan Centre. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, uh, which is a great little website if you're looking for um, Japanese stuff. They sell like alcohol and um food and random little like bits of stationery and magazines and stuff it's it's really interesting uh, and if you're ever in london you can actually go to their big shop they have a huge big shop with like a food hall and a little snack but it's so good it's so so good i think we ate um mochi ice cream the last week, time we were there i think the only time we were there mm, was, but that was good it was, it was very great. good i i do i do like it a lot um 
and not well, aside from the podcast, use it quite frequently. Um, so same. Yeah, <laughs> this is by no way are we affiliated with any of these uh, these this these retailers and stuff. This podcast is not popular enough to be sponsored <laughs> by anyone, so we are not sponsored. We're um, not affiliated. We're not sponsored. We're just big fans of the Japan Center. So yeah, for sure. Um, but before we get into our wonderful D and D stories, Claire, how's your? I was going to say week, but really it's been a weeks. while. Yeah, it's been weeks. Uh, so it's been busy. What have you been up to the past while? Well, I mean, you mm. were here for a little while. I was here for a little while. Um, um, we did have the intention of recording stuff while I was down, but it it got out of hand. It got very out of hand, like ridiculously. Um. Because I ended up being really busy as well. Um, I've yeah. had a really busy summer. And it's not always been like, you know, oh, we're going away here and we're going away there. It's just like, oh no, I have lots of stuff to do. <laughs> and a parental capacity as well. Um, but, I mean, I guess I could talk about the Meloria Festival that we went Ooh, to. Oh, yeah. Um, you were with us for that. That was... Um, it was really fun. Yeah, it was a theatre festival thing. Um, so my local area is Inverclyde and we have a sort of local theatre called The Beacon. It's a very modern looking building. It's amazing. Um, my son goes to drama classes there and it's really great. Um, so as part of that, the drama class was like, oh, okay, you can bring some of your family members and we'll give you like free access to a bunch of the stuff that's going on at the Meloria Festival, which is like the first time they've ever had like a festival like that. Mm-hmm. And they had live music, they had like drum classes, they had uh, random street theatre going on, they had theatre indoors that you could go and see. I think they had like illusionists and jugglers and uh, the Scottish Opera was there. That was one of the things that we did. We went to see the uh, very short, I think it was like a 20 minute performance. But yeah, it was wonderful. It, it was, was very, a... very funny as well. Um, oh, it was great. Uh, it was, and it, it was, was amazing to get the kids into opera. Like... To show them that opera is just another way of telling a story, yeah, because um, I, I don't know about you, but like when I was when I was young, um, I had this uh, conception of opera as opera being this boring thing where big people sing with insane amounts of vibrato, um, just in things that I in things that I don't understand, and that was that was my perception. Um, I just knew about the three tenors and I was like, that's what opera is. That's all it is. Not that I'm saying the three tenors was bad. It wasn't. Pavarotti was an insanely talented opera singer. Especially in hindsight, like, um, as someone that listens to a lot of classical music now, um, yeah, Pavarotti was amazing. Um, But, yeah, so it was really good. Um, And the kids loved it and they got involved, you know, and that, that was everything. Um, although someone does need to teach children that when you are at a classical concert, you do not clap until the end. Yes. <laughs> this was fine, though. It was for kids, so it was yeah. okay to clap. Um, um, and then we went to the Arborea 2 Luminarium. Oh, oh, oh my, oh my. I actually heart. went on their website to see where they're going, uh-huh. like, because it tours, it like, goes around the country to different events. But it's basically this big inflatable thing. Oh, it's so and cool. I had no idea what it was going to be like. I was like, it's an inflatable maze. And it is, but it, the thing with it is that it's made of really thin material. I can't remember what it's made of. It's like, um, it's, me. um, it's, it's part, it's like some <clears throat> acrylic compound. 
Yeah. That's like super, it's super thin. So um, thin. And it lets in the natural light, but because it's it's coloured, like the fabric it's made of is like a coloured thing, it feels like being inside a bouncy castle. Yeah. But all of the light is natural. It's not lit in any way. But it looks like it's lit. It's insane. And it's it glows. It, it does. It like gives off this just... Oh, I don't even know. It feels like you've got all this stage lighting above it. And each room is this so different colour. And, vi- and it's, they have just like very subtle like music going on in the background in each little section. And it's it is, so relaxing. I, like, it's also I kind of there. warm inside. Yeah, it's. it's I actually, actually it feel hosting. like see if you were going to do a like a weird um, sort of alternative theater experience where you wanted people to feel like they were in the womb. That's how I would do it. Oh yeah, <laughs> because it's warm and it's comforting and it's safe and it just it was so nice. Uh-huh. People were just lying around on the floor and stuff. Although my toddler, he was. <laughs> He went nuts. He was everywhere. He loved it. He was just running and running and running. And then he'd fall down and laugh because it was kind of bouncy. He'd mm. just fall on the ground and laugh and roll about and stuff. He, would, yeah. he loved it. It was so good. Um, so if, if it's ever in your local area, if you look, Google like Luminarium, um, because sometimes it goes to America and stuff, they have different ones. So the one that we were in was the Arborea 2. Uh-huh. Um, but like... If it comes back anywhere near here, I'm going. I'm going again because it was such a good experience. Um, and I recommend it to anybody. Oh, I would um, wholeheartedly go. Even just myself, I'd totally just go if it was if it was on. Um, mm. it was it was so nice, and it was just nice to kind of like as soon as you're in, you're just not thinking about anything in the outside world. You're just like it's so present. It's it, I don't know. It was just really cool. It's like a meditative thing. Like yeah. If you want to go meditate, that's where you do it. It's really relaxing. Um, other than that, I mean, I've been growing plants for the first time ever. Um, gardening. I went and my my mum's partner bought me a small fuchsia plant. Um, just when they were visiting, because I don't see them very often. And I usually get like flowers or something, but this was like a small fuchsia plant for out in the garden. And I don't really have any plants in my garden. Um, and I've never really tried to take care of them myself. Mm-hmm. So we went to the garden centre and I got pots and I got another plant. I got a little rose, a little potted rose, um, repotted them, put compost in. And I'm really, really happy. Like, it's made me so happy because they're thriving. Um, and when I got the fuchsia, I had flowers on, but they all fell off. But now it's like covered in little buds. My roses are, are budding as well. They're going to have big flowers on. And I'm oh, amazing. like, I looked after them. I'm so proud of myself. And I know it's like a tiny, stupid little achievement, but I feel great. I'm a plant mom now. Oh, um, when I came back, uh, I had, like, before, before I left, I had a, I think it's some sort of aloe plant. Um, indestructible thing, uh, obviously, which is always good for, like, a Killing, first, yeah. first plant. Um, but it was looking pretty not happy by the time I got back because I was away for over three weeks. Um, so I gave it a wee bit of water, and then like two days later, it was happy again. And it's I was like, ah, oh, that's it. I'm ready. I'm ready to 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 just like take over and like look after all the plants. Um, which I'm definitely not. But uh, it was it's a nice feeling to to mm. have something that's you know living, but 
um not super dependent <laughs> it made me understand you know that bit at the start of lord of the rings where they're talking about hobbits uh-huh and in the movie and they're like um but a hobbit's like true love is is finding joy in the things that grow and it shows the little hobbit man with his little plant and he looks so happy i can't remember if it's samwise gamgee i just know that there's a scene with a hobbit holding a plant and looking really really chuffed and proud uh-huh um and i was like in that moment when i saw the little rosebuds i was like oh my god i understand <laughs> i'm a hobbit now you're, you are you're, you're a hobbit <laughs> at heart anyway like <laughs> i mean yeah i like a drink <laughs> like a song <laughs> i like plants i want to have a party in a field when i turn 111 yes <laughs> and i have curly hair and i'm short you've really hit all the marks um, yeah well, well, i don't well, have hairy feet i could have, have hairy feet i could i just choose not to mm. that's yeah. fair what about you Calum? what have you been up to well um obviously yes i came down did all that that fun stuff with you um i think i spent just about every weekend with you actually which was quite yeah nice. it was really good um, it was really nice and uh yeah so i was down working on a movie um uh, a low budget movie called kill i think that's about all i'm allowed to say about it <laughs> nda uh, nda it's, it's a hard life i mean technically actually i haven't signed any ndas so you know if Just i say something but honestly yeah like i, I don't want to say it. but like um i'm looking forward to seeing it it'll be quite cool um and then as soon as i got back it was um the hebridean celtic festival um up here Hep-Kelp. which is the local just music festival um town becomes very busy um parking becomes it's a nightmare it's impossible to get accommodation see if you're like oh, no. just planning a holiday and stuff hepkelt weekend is not the weekend to do it unless you want to go to hepkelt yeah um but uh so i missed all the tent stuff all the big the big things because i was working uh, so I was doing sound for the family sessions in the morning, which was in the town hall, um, where some of the guys who were playing in the tents came down, did an hour uh, free show um, for just for you know, it's just for the families to show up and whoever whoever's about to show up, they were packed out every morning. Um, it was like half ten in the morning to like half twelve or something, and it just started out. Ridiculous as well. It's like yeah. that early, but it's still like completely. Oh, it was rammed. Mobbed. And I mean, it was great. Um, so myself and a guy, Jack Wolf, um, incredible human being. Um, if you ever get to meet him, oh, yeah, just awesome human being. Shout but, out. Uh, shout out <laughs> to Jack Wolf. Um, but uh, yeah, so we were doing the sound for that. And then after that, I would head over to Enlounter, the art center, and set up and help out do some teching for the evening shows in there so we had a few of the artists who were playing in the tents doing evening uh, performances in there and then a few other people um for for various different reasons uh, and like then we had like an after show kaylee till two in the morning um every night which was which was great um but yeah so that that kind of wipes me out um <laughs> coming straight from glasgow back onto that um for those like from the the wednesday to the saturday and then the monday i was on a kids gallic short film uh from monday which is supposed to be from monday to saturday um but 
by the end of the week, the director got COVID, the director of photography got COVID, um, a few other people had COVID. So the Friday was like skeleton crew with no cameraman, um, the camera assistant stepping up to to the plate and we're just flying by the seat of her pants. Um, and then we scrapped the Saturday, which was good because I was playing a, a wedding on the Friday night. Um, that Doogie so McLean was at for um Doogie McLean. Yeah, so Doogie McLean was at Aww. the wedding. Um he didn't come up and sing or anything, which I was quite disappointed about. Um but I gotta... maybe once a night off. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, I bet he gets that all the time. He's like, Car sing Caledonia. <laughs> um, uh, I but... mean I really like that song. That song makes me emotional for reasons I don't understand. I don't know. I think it just hits everyone the same. It doesn't matter if you have like uh, a strong feeling of Scottishness or not. It's just the actual song is just, it's so beautiful. It and is. And the, the music itself, like the chord progression and everything's really nice. It's mm. just nice to listen to. And it's emotional, it is. Um, oh, yeah. I really like it. Um, it's one of the few songs as well that is, you know, desperately overplayed, but I don't, I don't mind it. I don't yeah. mind that it's played all the time because it's not it is like, so nice. It's like Wagon Wheel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where you hear that every single time and you're like, please stop playing that bloody song. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Um, and that takes us to this week where I have a week off. Um, Yay! Which is very nice. Uh, 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 I don't have a week off, but my eldest son isn't here this week. Ooh! He, he's uh, away in Iron with his grandparents. Um, oh, nice. They like to take them on holiday um, in the summer for a week. Um, just like somewhere in Scotland, not like very uh -huh. far away, just somewhere. And he loves it. He has such a good relationship with his uh, paternal grandparents. And it's oh, lovely. that's good. Um, it's really nice. Plus, I get a week off. Well, yeah. not really, because I've still got a toddler. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's still like one less um, kind mouth of just feed mouth to feed. <laughs> um it, and it's it is like That's although he is him. quite independent like he's still you know in real life dependent um mm. on yourself and Stuart. so like although he is he's he's kind of happy doing his own thing and stuff he's, he's such an easy kid though like oh yeah um and he's he's so like industrious as well like he tidies the living room every night when he doesn't need to you yeah know? He's just so so thoughtful and things. He's just mm. a great kid. Obviously, he's got a real sense a of like. Um, I mean, I guess it's more of a testament to you guys, but it's like he's got that real sense of family and like how everyone is part of the family. And he's he's like, well, this is the thing that I do, and I can helping out. I'm <laughs> contributing, and it's like, ah, oh, that's really nice. A, you, when I was your age, hurt. I was like, I don't want to do anything. Um. <laughs> 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 He he can sometimes be like that. I mean, you tried to teach him guitar over the pandemic, <laughs> and that didn't really go very well. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's kind of like me in the sense that if he can't do something straight away, he, he doesn't like it. bit of a perfectionist, honestly. Yeah. It's like, if I don't get this right the first time, I'm doing it wrong, and that's bad. And you're like, no, 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 that's not how learning works. <laughs> yeah. But, like, tangent. Ah, well. So. Dungeons and Dragons and other Dungeons assorted tabletop and games. 
We um, have talked about tabletop games before, but not really in the context of tell me your your D and D stories, like yeah, spell um, the tea or the plum wine. <laughs> don't um, spill it. Drink it. That's true. I don't. I don't want to spill it, especially over all my new shiny things. <laughs> um, I've recently upgraded Inverius HQ, um, slash relocated, um, and it's yeah, it, it pleases me. He even upgraded my side. I can't complain. It's true. We now use the same microphone, which um, is nice. Yes, it's a very good mic. I'm um, really impressed with it so far. Oh yeah, especially for the price. Um, they're they're great. And um, we've actually got a matched set, so these are like, um, they're actually designed to be used together on like, um, so if you're using like a miking a stereo piano or something, um, they've got basically matched frequency response, so they are yep. basically the exact same microphone, which I which is. Also quite nice. It's awesome. It's yeah. really good. But yes, yeah, so... we'll hear like a, an audible change in the the quality. <laughs> it just we'll gets see. worse and worse. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, so I think you've been playing a bit more D and D recently than I have. Um, yep. So what what sort of adventures have you been going on uh, recently? Um, well, not my most recent game, because my most recent game is only like four sessions deep. Uh-huh. And we haven't really had that chance to really sink our teeth in. Yeah. Um, so the first story I'm going to tell is a story of romance. Ooh. Um, so I joined a game... It was an online-only game because it was kind of like my DM had a group that he was playing 5th edition with, and I think two of them moved away, so he couldn't do it around a table anymore. And he was like, oh, well, I'll do some online stuff, but there's not enough people. Like, I, w- I want to run a game with more than two people. So there was this offshoot group, and they were stay- playing the same characters that they were around the table with the main group, and he was still running the main game. So he was just like, no, I'm going to let you continue with these characters just separately. So he was looking for someone to fill in a slot because he'd rather play with three or more people rather than just two. Uh-huh. I bumped into him at a convention um, after having not seen him for about a decade, I want to say. Ooh. Um, I knew him back years ago, like when I was about 18, 19. Um... Because I used to sneak into his university because they had a good anime club. And I didn't go to this, his university. <laughs> I just knew they had a good anime club. So I used to sneak into the anime society <laughs> and watch anime with them. Um, I already knew a few people that went to it. So it wasn't that weird. So that's how I met him and his wife. Um, and I hadn't seen him for years. And then randomly I bump into him at this convention and I was talking about how I'd love to start a new game and... You know, I haven't played for a while. Be fun. He's like, oh, okay, I've got a, an online game. So he invited me to join. Made a character, all the rest of it. Um, Now, at this point, they didn't have an official spell jamming uh, module. So he was using like this homebrew spell jamming stuff because he wanted spell jamming. And that's how he managed to get this splinter group off on their own was they accidentally came across a spaceship and got launched into space and ended up on this random planet in a wreck. Uh, and it was my character's planet. 
Planet of the Elves, which is not what it was called, but <laughs> the only race inhabiting this planet were elves. And my elf had green skin because she uh-huh. was an alien. <laughs> that's not why. But that's what the reasoning <laughs> ended up being. I was an alien, so I had green skin and I was an elf and I didn't speak the same language as them. Um, okay. So I met them. They came to this planet. They are a tiefling and a centaur. Um, and I think the tiefling could speak the same language as me. Um, so we could communicate a little bit. Um, now, the centaur's name was Castor, and he's this big, buff, hairy, drunk monk. Uh, and I think the tiefling was called Kai he was a sorcerer um and my character this was a just an off-the-cuff remark that i made because i couldn't understand them very well and i didn't know them and i you know i didn't get it Uh, my character as a joke i made my character assume that they were a married couple when they were not in fact a married couple okay um so we're going through the game and I keep dropping these like jokes about oh they're a married couple and eventually we all get to understand each other um, and I'm still assuming that they're a married couple and they're completely oblivious uh-huh. to this. <laughs> it culminated in things like when we went to the inn I like made the innkeeper like give them the honeymoon suite and all of this. <laughs> and they were really confused. Obviously they knew and they were totally on board with it. Um, but it, it was a running joke. And eventually, um, my DM's wife ended up joining the, the D&D group because I don't know if it was just because she wanted another character or she just wanted an out because it sounded like we were having fun. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was really good. And she was totally in on it and she totally pushed it. And eventually, um, in the end, after many, many sessions, <laughs> right at the last session before we fought the big dragon boss, the two of them got married on our spell jamming ship. Oh, oh, oh that's so nice. Yeah, it was really, really funny. Oh, that's so cool. But it was just because I made a stupid joke. Like, and that's why <laughs> I think D&D is so great. Because, like, you can, you can spin something absolutely amazing. Because the, the actual role play that went on there was genuinely wonderful. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it, it was such a, a long, slow burn. Um. And it, it just worked out so well. And it wasn't my intention. It was entirely my fault that it happened, but it wasn't what I intended. It was just supposed to be a funny bit. <laughs> yeah. That changed the story of those characters and the game that we were in, and it was it was just wonderful. Oh, that's um, that's just magical. It's like <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. <sighs> Especially given the characters as well, because Castor, as I said, he's this big drunken monk. He uh-huh. um he just very gruff, very grumpy, like always drinking. And then Kai was just this like mischievous little too smart for his own good sorcerer. Um who I think the the running joke was that he used to set things on fire. But I don't think he said anything on fire even once. <laughs> we used to be like, no fireball, no fireball. <laughs> like, and he used to get so mad because we were like shouting at him about the fireball, even though we don't think he'd ever set anything on fire in the entire game. 
Uh, but it was good. It was really, really good, and it made me very happy. So oh. don't be afraid to make those stupid, off-the-cuff, dumb jokes. Because you never know where it'll end up going. You might end up getting married. Now it's your turn, Callum, to tell a tale. A tale. And as a story. Allow me to pour myself another small uh, plum wine as I lean forward and begin my tale. I'm going to... Uh, I, what I feel like I should have done is listened to our um, tabletop one because I'm at fear of um, repeating myself. But at the same time, I don't care. Um, so uh, it's kind of one of my first um, RP experiences. We're playing Pathfinder. Um, it must have been like 15 or whatever, and I was playing a wizard by the name of Morphoff. That's Oof. with like five Fs in the name as well. Um, of course. <laughs> because, you know. Um, so I decided I was playing a wizard, and so I rolled the stats for this wizard, blah, 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 blah. We get to the, the game day where we, where we start playing. And we start playing, and we're, we're traveling along towards this mountain pass. Um, we've got uh, like a, a caravan um, kind of convoy going on. Um, and we're transporting something uh, across to the other side of the mountains. So we get to the mountain pass. And lo and behold... Goblins attack from the caves. Goblins! As they do. You know, you, ca you can't blame them. They're goblins. They, they gotta do what they gotta do. So then... <laughs> so it goes around, we have a few... Um, you know, I'm, I think I'm like last in order in, in the initiative roll. Um, which is standard for me, to be honest. I'm not very lucky. Um, and we get round, everyone has their turn. I get round to my turn. And I go to cast a spell. <laughs> and then it dawns on me that I didn't actually choose any spells. So, instead of wasting everybody's time and taking my entire turn to pick out spells from the spell list for my wizard who casts spells, um, I decided, right, uh, I, I jump in the back of the caravan and I consult my tome for inspiration um, on what to do. And I do that. So I jump back and I'm furiously flicking through the player's handbook to find spells. Um, and then another turn of combat happens. I still haven't picked out any spells. Um, and it, it's, it's starting to get dire. You know, the healer's been downed. Uh, the, the fighter's not looking good. The barbarians all looking good. It's just, it's just a mess. And then it comes right, <laughs> and there's like three goblins left, and Morphoff, Morphoff the large, um, jumps out behind out of this caravan, raises his hand, and I feel like everyone can guess this. He casts magic missile, <laughs> and kills all three goblins <laughs> at once. I and. That's it. <laughs> That's that was great. The, that was the first and last session of Morphoff. That group never met ever again, and I was I so upset. Why. I was so upset. Um, <laughs> but it's one of my fondest though. memories um, yeah. of uh, this is why you should be prepared for these things. 
why you should be prepared, but it also kind of demonstrates how sometimes in combat, like, the most unexpected thing happens. And it ends up being the coolest thing in the whole encounter. Oh, I mean, like, as, as a character moment, like, the, the, the idea of, like, just hiding in the back of a... The back of a, a, a like a, a a caravan and just like flicking through your book frantically, going, "I don't know what to do. What must I do? I'm supposed to be the wise wizard, and I have no answers." And then just falling upon the page where he wrote down, "If in doubt, magic missile." Yeah. <laughs> Steps out and goes, "Kalakazoo." <laughs> Kalakazoo. Kalakazoo. <laughs> it's the new Kublif. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to Kalakazoo.com no. slash Inverus. <laughs> Kalakazoo. Kalakazoo. Oh no, I spilled some wine. Shit. I told you not to spill the wine. Right, uh, stall while I grab a napkin. Stall. Stall. Oh, okay. Oh, sweet. I've got one right here. Nice. I don't need to do much stalling then. <laughs> there we go i'm back i had my headphones off so i don't Excellent. know what you said but uh... nothing i just laughed oh, okay um just a good solid minute of me laughing i'm joking it's not you weren't gone that long it's fine i'll I, fix I it in post on the time space continuum um <laughs> i won't there is no post <laughs> trying to think of another story well i suppose i could tell you a bit about because i think I must have mentioned my original D&D character because whenever I talk about D&D, I always bring up my original D&D character, my mm. first D&D character, who's called, like, Rose, I think. She was a wizard. Well, not really a wizard, because back then you were just a mage. Ah, <laughs> Because yes. we were playing in, like, first or... I think it was AD&D, maybe? Because uh, we were just using my parents' old books. Um, I have tons of stories about D&D from back then. Um, yeah. For example, um, there was an ogre. I think it was an ogre. No, it was a giant, I'm sure. A giant. Um, because the other thing was, as I said, we, we didn't have any new stuff. I don't even know what edition was out when I was eight years old. I could Google it, but I'm not going to bother. <laughs> but it was ADD. Uh, it was my parents from, I think, the early 80s they used to play. Um... Late 70s, early 80s. And it was all lead figurines that my parents had bought in this uh, little tiny shop that used to be in Glasgow called The Dragon and George. Oh. Um, and it sold little lead mini figurines and, like, the source books for D&D and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and, like, any tabletop, old-school tabletop war games that you could buy. Um, and there was this one figure. It was a... Um, a giant. We also had a beholder that had no eyes, so it was basically just a round blob of lead with ah. one eyeball on it. Beauty is um, not in the eye of the vault. No. For it, it has no terrifying. eyes! Um, and my parents had painted all these things, but my favourite one was this giant, as I said, um, who had, like, this sort of breastplate thing on. You know, like, he's fully naked, he's got, like, a loincloth cloth in this, like, little breastplate thing. It had like a little point on the chest, like a little spike. But my parents had painted it as a road cone. So like right. orange with like a white stripe. So we always referred to him as road cone. Um, and I think I, I must have mentioned about the box of hands incident. Because I, I tell everyone oh, that story. Yes. 
Well, I mean, you've mentioned to me. I, I can't. I can. I can't tell remember you if, if it's in the original episode. But brief rundown: my character, really stupid, walks into this room. Um, there's, like, I think five boxes in it. My character just doesn't bother to like detect magic or whatever. Just walks in, puts her hand in. Bunch of like disembodied hands with really long arms come out of this box and like strangle my character and I die. Right? I was eight. It traumatized me. Yeah. Um, but I think while that was happening, the very last thing that happened in that game, because I don't think we played a session after that, um, was like, I think the wall came crashing down and a bunch of enemies came in and one of them was Roadcone. <gasps> and I just remember my brothers being like, oh, Roadcone, Roadcone, like really excited because Roadcone was there. Um... We also had, um, and I'm kind of upset because I don't know where this stuff is. Like, I don't know whether it's in my dad's house or my mum's house or, like, whether maybe Matthew has it. I don't think he does. Um, so I don't know what happened to it. We used to keep putting this sort of gold-plated chest that we had. Um, and it had all the figurines. It had all the dice. My favourite dice was this clear purple D20. Um, but it also had, and this was, like, the greatest treasure to me. Like, as an adult, looking back, if I could get my hands on this stuff, I would. It was all different shapes of, like, blocks. Okay. So, all rectangles or squares. But they had all been painted intricately to have stonework on them. Oh, So, right. instead of drawing a map, what my parents would do is get these little blocks, and they were all different, like, lengths, um, and it would make walls little dungeon walls mm -hmm. uh, and there was also little wooden like tables and chairs and fireplaces and all sorts of little bits of furniture um and they were made by our papa our grandpa um he he made them all for my parents so that they could play D, &D. um and they were great like you just put down like the graph paper with like that had like the floor and that drawn on it uh -huh. and then they put up these like walls and see with your like little figurines it was so good for kind of demonstrating to you because obviously like these days when we play online we have like roll 20 and you can draw out maps and stuff yes or you can just download them and it's great but it's the same sort of idea i just feel like there was a bit of a magic to it especially the way that they were all painted it was just really nicely done um Speaking of Papa, did you know that our, our uh, maternal grandfather, so your dad's dad and my mum's dad, yes, they uh, he, they played. Well, my mum did. I don't know who else was in this game, but they um, played D and D with Grandpa. He had a D and D character. Really, I didn't know mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Yes, oh. um, my mum was running the game. She DM'd, and Grandpa agreed to play, and he rolled up a dwarf. I don't of know, I think he was a dwarf fighter. Rolled up a dwarf called Toby. Um, and my mum got in a fight with him because when they were doing character gen and they got to the inventory part, he was like, I'm going to have a ladder. I'm going to have a ladder strapped to my back that we take into dungeons with us. And I was like, you can't... You cannot have a ladder. <laughs> like, that's so impractical. How would you... Uh, and he was like, I'm not playing if I don't get a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so eventually she relented and they played this game with this dwarf <laughs> called Toby who's this big ladder strapped Toby to his back. His ladder. <laughs> oh, I would love art of that. That would make me, me so too. happy. Me too. But like mum didn't tell me this until like like two years ago or something. Oh, wow. I remember just being like, Why did you not tell me this? Why did you not tell like because if she told me when Papa was alive, I would have played a game with him. Oh, me too. I mean like, I might have been a bit young, re- but Yeah. I mean I played when I was eight, Callum. Yeah, um, that's true. And I think you were like twelve when, when Papa passed away. Uh, um, yeah, give or take. Yeah, because I was 18. Um, but I just... See, if I had known, I totally would have played D&D with him because he was crazy and he was so funny. And I'm sure... Like, I don't know any of the details about that game. Like... I just... I wish I could have even asked him about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh no, that would have been an incredible story. Oh, Toby, man. the little dwarf with the big ladder. Like, oh. oh. That's going to so be good. the best character. I, I kind of want that <laughs> in a game. Yeah. At least to be an NPC. Maybe I'll run a game with you in it and we can have uh, Toby, the ladder dwarf. Yes. Oh, please. Yes. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh. Just a little legend. Oh, that's fantastic. But yeah, I wish I'd known that sooner. Um, but I think that might be my favourite D&D story, is just the fact that our grandpa played a dwarf <laughs> with a ladder. <laughs> but the other thing that gets me about it is that my parents played a lot of D&D before I was born. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, see when you hear about D&D in the 80s, like, in America and stuff, and, like, satanic panic... The oh, thing yeah. that absolutely like confuses me about that is the fact that here, I don't think that it was the same because my parents met at a like prayer group as part of their church, and they were heavily into D and T. So obviously, like satanic panic wasn't a thing over here, or at least not in their church because they loved it. Yeah, and you know they got their parents involved in everything. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, though, especially then, like, there was a much bigger divide in, like, I don't want to say culture, but culture between the UK and America. Mm, um, for sure. Whereas now it's kind of a bit blurry as to, like, we're just kind of like that, like, mm. Western countries. It kind of makes um, me, um, I haven't seen the most recent season of Stranger Things yet. I do intend to watch it. I just I've haven't just had started the time. season two. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I know season four kind of touches on the satanic panic side of things. I know that there's a little oh, bit right. of um like those themes. I don't know whether they're explicitly stated or they talk about them in any mm. great detail, but like I think that there's a, a bit like a touch of like you know, this was a thing. Um and when you read up about that stuff, like people might just think, oh, yeah, okay, cool. You know, you were judged for a hobby. Like, that's not such a big deal. But it is when you consider that in America, like, um, obviously, and everywhere in the world, I guess, like, if if you've got something like that where, oh, you know, the local people think that you're taking part in satanic rituals, if, like, a murder or something takes place in close proximity to you, 
people start pointing the finger at you because yeah. oh you're into that satan stuff you know oh even though definitely D&D... them and then you know the stories come out of like you know enough people believe something so they start like just believing things that they say like um oh well i saw them going into the basement with rabbits to sacrifice to yeah and i, like, I saw them with the uh, making blood pacts in the park do you know one of Tom Hanks's earliest films is uh, uh it's kind of like a film warning against the dangers of DMT. Really? Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. But like um yeah, one of Tom Hanks's really early films is a film where he plays like some D D equivalent and um goes crazy. Um Oh man, I can't. I can't even imagine. Mazes and monsters, it's called. Mazes and monsters. Mhm. Um, the 1982 American made-for-television drama film. Um. But yeah. Oh man, I feel like I need to watch it though. Uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do like a watch Hanks party friend, at some but... point. Yeah, yeah. I just am interested to to see it because I know that it's all about oh Tom Hanks's character plays too much D and D and he goes crazy and he does bad things. Don't play D and D, kids. Ooh, yeah, it's dangerous. But like that's also stupid, man. Like most of my fun times, um, as an adult, like my most fun when I'm talking about like gaming and hanging out with people, it's all been tabletop role playing stuff. Uh-huh. Um, um, I'm like, the same. Even to the point where, like, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Massive Star Trek fan. Um, Star Trek's been in my life pretty much since I was born because my parents are obsessed, were, were obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they still are, like, my mum loves Lower Decks and everything, so um, I didn't really have a, a chance of not being a nerd, I don't think. <laughs> no, you were, you were a lost cause at the start. Yeah, um. I was born a lost <laughs> cause. But, like, so the fact that there's a tabletop role-playing game of Star Trek yeah um and i played it just a quick short campaign i played like a half klingon engineer because i love Bolana torres what can i say so i i went for that um sort of grumpy half klingon engineer thing um and it was so much fun like see just you get to live your dreams and it's yeah. amazing because is it like all of my dreams growing up were completely unachievable things. Like, I want to be a six-foot-two-tall elven princess uh, who has magic powers. <laughs> Obviously, that's not achievable in real life. Um, but now, with yeah. the new fad D&D, you can make um, all your dreams come true. You can. You can. And you can really apply this to any setting. Like, yeah. obviously... You know, if if you're just gonna run off a five E, you just homebrew some stuff until it works. You know. Yeah, that's the that's the good thing that I find about five E, um, in particular, uh, compared to like other like stock D and D systems, is that it's a lot easier to just throw in your own setting. Very accessible. Into. It's like you don't you don't need to sit down and learn like. Uh, how all the planes work and the nine hells and uh which god is doing what because you can and just make it up is so easy as oh, well it's like ridiculously it's so straightforward easy. 
Because, like, I think that's a stumbling block of a lot of systems. Like, I think a Shadowrun has this character oh, gen system that ridiculous. I can't even fathom. I can't understand it. I tried. I love the um, idea of Shadowrun, but I've, oh, I've never managed setting. to get over the hurdle of making a character in Shadowrun. Um, but my, my current D&D character um, is my old D&D character. <laughs> so, my current D&D character, I had the idea to redo my original D&D character from when I was eight years old um, and kind of flesh her out a little bit, give her like a real personality that wasn't just, I'm so much better than everybody else. Because that's really what she was like, you know. She, as I said, six foot two, blonde, blue-eyed, beautiful, elven princess woman who's a, a mage um, and also obsessed with treasure. I uh, got her killed. Well, not well. Yeah, I did get her killed actually. Um, so I kind of fleshed her out, and I was like, okay, so I want her to be aristocratic. So I gave her this awful, awful, mean, like self-centered, you know, self-serving father figure who's just awful and a dick. And I made her the favorite child, and I gave her a brother because me and my my older brother, uh, Christopher. We used to fight all the time when we played D&D because I yeah. wanted all the treasure uh, and we would squabble constantly. So I was like, oh, it'd be great if I got his character and I made him her brother in the game. So I turned him into an elf fighter. <laughs> it was, I think he was a human fighter and then the actual game that we played. Um, and I think his character's name was Goliath, which is hilarious considering that's now a race. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a playable race back in AD&D. Um, so it was called Goliath, I think named after the Disney's Gargoyles character. Oh, right. Okay, twice, yeah, yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah. But I basically took the concept of Goliath, the human fighter, and turned him into Goliath, the <laughs> elven fighter, um, who was like the scapegoat child. Uh, and the worst part is, when I was making them, I made her first. I think it tells you how much I have grown as a human and how much I have changed as a person. Uh-huh. But see now, Goliath is my favourite. I love him. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like going, I should have played him. I shouldn't be playing her even though she is my character. <laughs> and I'm sat here because he's an NPC in the game because we're playing Strixhaven, so they go mm. to the same school, which is Strixhaven. Right. Um... I'm like, what is the DM going to do to him? Please don't hurt him. Please don't hurt him. He doesn't deserve it. He's a poor, poor scapegoated baby child. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I start every session going, please, please, please don't let anything bad happen to my brother. <laughs> oh. Which is obviously, you know, that means something at least inconvenient is going to happen to your brother, which is... Mm-hmm. You've you've just you've shot yourself in the foot in that one. Never let the DM know you care. That's it. <laughs> if you want to keep it safe, never let the but I secretly love it when bad things <laughs> That's my favorite. I love it when it's all going wrong. Yeah. Oh well we fr we thrive off trauma, don't we? It's called character. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh it's so good, man. One of my favorite um characters that I, I ever made it was for um was actually just for a dungeon crawl um that my friend was running 
Unfortunately, I can't remember the, the character's name, but he was a barbarian uh, dragonborn. And he was, he was very old. He'd fought uh, just his entire life, you know, just slaying everyone in his path. And then hit that wall of killing is pointless. I will go find the most beautiful place to die. And his entire goal was to just find a beautiful place to die. Unfortunately for him, um, dungeon crawls don't usually involve no. places that are particularly beautiful. So no. the, the entire... Um, the, well, we, we only played like four sessions of it. Um, but the entire time, each door was a new opportunity to to find that place <laughs> of beauty. And each door opened was just another disappointment. Um, and also, he genuinely believed that every time... Because he, he, he wanted to be kind of pacifist um, after his life of, of killing. So he genuinely believed that... Um, he was he was never actually killing any of the enemies, even though he definitely was. But he was just wounding them enough so that they couldn't get up again. <laughs> um, the poor guy. Yeah, um, I liked him because like all all of his dialogue was just very slow mm-hmm. and down there. Oh, that's fun. Beauty, that's fun. and it was it was like the least. It was the most amount of effort for the least amount of effort I've ever had to like go into <laughs> playing a character, um, because he talks so slowly it gives you time to think what he's going to say next. And Very tree beard. Yes. Um. Nothing's worth saying unless it's you know worth it taking takes a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was definitely one of my favorites, and I would, I think, um, I would definitely play someone like him again, um, if the chance, you know, shows itself. Um, I have rolled up a uh, a character that I haven't had a chance to play, called Targoth the Terrible. Okay. And he's a. What makes him so terrible? Um, he's a turtle. Um. Oh yes. And. Quite similar vibes to my Dragonborn. Um, he used to he used to kind of fight in these like these wars, and has decided that pacifism is the way to go. So he only walks around with two shields that he kind of uses as like walking sticks. Um, and his 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 whole goal is to just spread peace, um, across the world. Okay, I like this. Whether I really like this. whether they like it or not, and anyone who stands in the way of peace um, and chooses violence will just get clonked over the head with a shield. Clonk. Yeah, and that's I love it. That. Um, and that's it. That's his entire like. It's not <laughs> a complicated story. It's not like a, a trauma-filled life. It's just yep. He, no. This is his goals, and um, I'm, I, I'm really I looking forward to playing him. A good seven characters, I think, shelved mentally mm. shelved for when the right game comes along. 
Um, one of them I'm desperate to play is like a an elf boy. Um, and I've never actually played a male character before. Really? Um, no, I've only ever played ladies. Um, and I usually only play elves. Um, obviously that's not true in the case of stuff like Star Trek or Star Wars or like some more mm. sci-fi-ish things. But like whenever it's fantasy, I always play an elf. I think I played a half elf once. And maybe in like a couple of one shots I've played other things. But generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, I will always be a wood elf. Um, and I'm trying to break away from that a little bit. I'm playing a high elf right now, which is like old school Claire, but it's only because I'm my old school character, you know? Yeah. Um, so I might try to branch out at some point. I really love the idea of doing a barbarian, but like my, my elf boy is a bard. I've never played a bard before either. Um, and I really want to go ham on it. Like, he's this really enthusiastic, happy young man, you know? Oh, yes. I don't play happy characters. I, I just want to step outside the box a little bit. Yeah. But I, I really want to go ham on it and, like, write songs and things. Just generic songs that he can be singing um, to rally the troops, you know? That's it. Bring morale up. He's just a little sweetheart, and I want him in a game so that I can break him and traumatize him mm-hmm. and make him witness death and suffering. That's it. <sighs> oh, would he, is, is he kind of that kind of like, you know, straight out of music college, out into the big world, like well, he's ready? he's really sheltered. Yeah. He's so really, like... really sheltered. Um, basically, his mum's a war hero. Oh, right. Okay. His mum's this war hero. Uh, and she's like some paladin who gets called out to to still gets called out to do stuff. So she leaves uh, him with like his granddad all the time. His granddad's this toy maker. Um, so she leaves him her like her son with him all the time. Um, when she has to go out and perform her holy duties, uh, but she doesn't want him anywhere near adventure. She doesn't want him anywhere near like the awful things that she's seen. Um, and the, the terrible things that are out in the world. Um, but he, because he's like so isolated, he learns how to do music and he becomes a bard. Um, and he sings tales of, you know, tells tales of her great deeds and the things that she's done. And she's just like, please stop. Like, shut up. <laughs> no, you can't go to the tavern across the road and sing about me. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> but because she's away so much, he does it anyway. Um, but oh, he's amazing. really enthusiastic and it's that whole thing. But mom, but mom, you went on adventures, you know? Yeah. So oh, the, that's whole, brilliant. the whole concept would be he's desperate to run away from home and just go, you know? Oh, um, I'd love that. Which makes him really easy to fit into a campaign because, oh, this group of adventurers needs help. I'll help, you know? Yes. Oh, but, that's uh, I'm desperate to play him. Desperate. Oh. What's um I mean, like do you do you have a character that that you made that you'll probably never play that you wish you got the chance to play at that time, but you like the, the Probably the, my Genesis character. I've I'm the same. <laughs> I, I just really want to play my Genesis character. Uh, I, I put so much thought into her and so much um you know mental energy. I was so ready. She had such a rich backstory. She had so much, like, lore. So many feelings. so much to give. Yeah. um, And so much So it was a shame it just didn't work out, you know? Yeah. Um, That's what I would have said as well. Sometimes that's how it be. (laughs) 
that's how big. <laughs> Carlotta is probably my greatest character concept ever. I'm um, kind of a dick though, because she had a secret name. My my character for that Genesis game had a secret name, and I ended up taking it and using it elsewhere for a different character. I actually, the green alien elf had her right. like true name because I couldn't think of a name. And as I said, I spent so much time thinking about that character. Uh-huh. <laughs> that I was like, it would be a waste not to use a cool name that I came up with, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you were going to play a werebear. I was going to play a werebear, uh, and nobody knew. So Carlotta was um, a botanist, um, and uh, I, I, it's, it's kind of hard to, to remember. There was something to do with this magical tree that your character was obsessed yes, with. Yes, That was powering was her airship or something like that. And Carlotta was quite keen to get a piece of that to see well to to kind of find a cure to her her disease um and the the entire point of her character is that again she's very like not combat ready at all completely like useless in combat um and the way the the way the the wear insert animal thing here works is that once you you're downed like you're out of stamina um you come back as uh, uh in my case a werebear um and your stamina's recharged with different stats and uh, yeah it was it was um it would have been such a fun concept to play out um and i'll uh, i mean maybe i'll get the chance to do something like that again but i i i just don't know <laughs> to be fair yeah, it's just a shame that that game didn't work out cuz it would have been a lot of fun i think i think um, so too um but it's it's just a, a case of like um the right game at the wrong time i think oh 100 um, percent. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which is a shame but uh that these, happens, this, it's, it's it the way of the, the world time. i have a dragon age game i think yeah i think you were in my more recent dragon age game yes. i have a dragon age game that's like hinging on the last session and it never happened it just never ended up going anywhere and it's a shame because i actually loved some of the characters that were in that yeah um, um that was good and it, you know these these things happen. It's really hard, especially I find, um, online, to mm. keep track and like if it was well, the same with the podcast, right? You know, we if you run out of the habit of doing it, um, it becomes really hard happen. to start up again. Like that's basically what happened when <clears throat> I came we're down to Glasgow. Like six six weeks behind schedule now. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, but um, a lot was going on, guys. I'm really, really sorry. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry too. Like, it's, a lot of it's um, my fault. So that's uh, that's just the way of it, you know. Life, life gets in the way. It but, does. Um, what you shouldn't let get in the way is listening to a review of our plum wine from I've forgotten what it's called already. No, it's a big long Japanese name. Yes. It's Pl- delicious. It is. <laughs> like, honestly, I've, I've not been able to stop pouring it and drinking it. I know. It's, it's delicious. It's so good. Um, I love it. So, out nine of, ten, out of ten. 9 out of 10. Woo! 9 out of 10. I would give it, like, an 8.5. Um, it's a little sweeter than I enjoy. Um, I'm not super into sweet, sweet things, but it's, it's really nice. I think it's got that... Um... I don't know. It's like um, not sour. There's a weird saltiness in it. 
if that makes sense. It's yeah. very sweet, but like the, I don't know. I think it's very balanced. I think um, it's great. But I love it. It's delicious. Um, would buy again. I would definitely buy again. I actually might order Except some more. that it's like £10 a bottle and... Uh, it's a tiny bottle. <laughs> uh-huh. A lot of the uh, Japanese sort of rice wine or um, plum wine or like sake stuff, a lot of it's like that. My favourite Japanese alcoholic beverage is Mio Sparkling Sake. Oh, yes. Which is like £15 a 300ml bottle. But it's so good. Uh-huh. I only ever buy it at New Year. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's, that's my little New Year tipple. Um, well, it has been for the last couple of years that I've been able to drink. Uh-huh. Because obviously I was pregnant oh, yeah. a couple of years ago. So the last like two years it's been meal sparkling sake. I've had it at the bells. Um, but yeah. Oh. But Another yeah. little tangent for you. Not Inverus without a wee tangent. <laughs> it wouldn't be Inverus without constant rambling. Um, exactly. The good thing about like a topic like this, though, is that um, it's it's the kind of thing we ramble about anyway. So we were oh, kind of sure. on topic with our rambling, which is pretty good. Yeah, um, definitely. And yeah, thank you for joining me once again, Claire. Thank you for joining me, Callum. Oh, and thank you, dear listener for listening to this wonderful piece of audio. Yes. Thank you for, for coming into our little D&D tavern for the evening. Yes. Or the morning or the afternoon or whenever yeah. you were listening. But uh, alas, Last Orders has been called and it's time to drink up and leave. <laughs> the, the landlady <laughs> says get out. <laughs> The police are knocking on the door. We need to start kicking people out. That's it's, it's just the way it is. It's like at the end of a um, like if you've ever been to a wedding or the one for me was the uh, anime convention in Glasgow, Okinawa. Uh, on the last night, uh, uh, last orders had been called. I think it was like one a.m. The lights came up, the music stopped, and the hotel staff were like, "Get out." <laughs> <laughs> go back to your rooms it's over no more party oh, oh. you gotta feel sorry for the staff at these sort of things but oh yeah yeah um when you're drunk and having fun you know it's yeah, just it's, hard to say goodbye it's it's very hard to say goodbye but alas we must say goodbye um you can check us out on the internet everywhere um, visit the website if you want to find more information about the drinks and stuff that we have. That's kabooth.com forward slash Inverus. You can also find other interesting things like the Western Isles uh, NFL show, um, the WinFL. Um, they've had some, some really good uh, guests from the from the NFL, so that's, that's really cool and Crazy. exciting. So That's amazing. Um, Please give that a check out if you have any interest, or even if you don't have any interest in, in the NFL. Go have a look at it. Um, yeah, have a look. You never know what might end up interesting you. That's true. Uh, you can obviously check out the special features for £1 a month. Um, we will be uploading bonus exclusive content to there um, slightly more frequently than we have been uh, <laughs> um, now that we're back in action. Blue. To blue.
I want it to stop. Ah, that's fine. 